This is WTKN 94.5. Merle's Inlet, Myrtle Beach. Talk 94.5, the new conservative alternative. Broadcasting from the Tide Law Studios, this is Talk 94.5. Hi, this is Randall Wallace. Your host for Bridging the Political Gap. I want to thank you first for tuning in to our podcast and invite you to come to our website, randallwallace.com. There you can get a copy of our book, Always Vote Your Conscience, Don't Take It Personally, and Don't Fight the Same Old Battles Over and Over Again, with a lot of policy suggestions and things that I think everyone could embrace, an argument for why we need to be working together instead of fighting with each other. Also, you can take a look at the first 11 episodes of this podcast which was a podcast documentary that looked at the World War II generation of bipartisan leadership that built the American century and the lessons we can learn from them to apply to today's situations. Again, thanks for tuning in to our podcast. And if you've enjoyed our show, please leave us a review at wherever you get your podcast. And now, let's get back to the show. This is Randall Wallace, and welcome to a very special edition, uh, Bridging the Political Gap. And this is a radio show that I did earlier this month. First time I've done one in quite a while, a TV or radio. Because of COVID, we had uh, had not been on regular media. We've been doing this show, but um, uh, had not been in the studio with anybody else in a while. And my good friend, Tim McGinnis, is a State House representative member. And a host of a radio show on Saturday mornings asked me to come on um, on June the 5th and do his about 10 minutes on his show. And I thought, well, this would be a nice thing to add to our show this month. So here is Tim McGinnis and me uh, from his show last week. And I hope you enjoy it. And we'll talk about the book and Myrtle Beach and a few other things. Welcome back to This Week with Tim McGinnis. Joining me this morning is former Myrtle Beach City Councilman, current author, Randall Wallace, also a real estate agent, a former security guard. I'm sure there are a lot of formers in there because you grew up around the beach, and the beach uh, gives you plenty of experience to a lot of different jobs. And the book is called Always Vote Your Conscience. And so you wrote a book. Does that mean you're running for president? (laughs) Uh, No. No. I, uh, I just wanted I when I got out of office I had I, you know I had run for Congress several years ago, mm-hmm. and I had put together what was going to be a policy book and but I got derailed by a lot of uh, personal things which are covered in the book and uh, and when I got out of office I decided to put it all together and and uh, and and write it and you've got a lot of stories and I remember the congressional race you're talking about because I was uh, I was doing another medium back then when I was doing TV and I uh, I, I hosted a few forums and. One debate that I don't think either one of us will ever forget uh, with, with, between you and Tom Rice and Andre Bauer and uh, several other people, um, 
that, uh, that that really had a few fireworks in it. So I'm sure you got some stories out of that. Tell me what yeah. over over the years in this book. What if if why would I want to read this book? Well, I I, uh, I try to address what I think is um, the the underlying real problem. I think in politics and government, and really I think in society today is how much meaner things have gotten um, and how uh, driven by I don't, I don't know what you our team versus your team kind mm-hmm. of thing. And there's a whole sec- section in there. The whole front part of the book is is about lessons you can learn from the the World War II generation uh, that that uh, that was dominant in politics when I was a young man. You know, it's funny. I got involved in politics when I was nine years old, and I used to tell people from nine to twenty two really didn't matter. When I was nine, I didn't do a whole lot. I just yeah. kind of yeah. held a sign up and whatever Al Terrell said do. I went and did. But um, you know, I. I uh, I didn't think that was as important a part, and, and it wasn't until that World War II generation began to disappear, and I got into government and saw this dysfunction that we're dealing with now, that I realized, hey, that was a pretty important part of my life because those guys, the Bob Doles and the Strom Thurmonds and Ernest Hollings and Dan Inouye and Ted Stevens, and I can sit here and do this long list, mm-hmm. you know, they knew how to work together to get things done. And they didn't always do it perfectly. There was there was always, you know, politics is always going to be a little bit of brass knuckles to it. But they knew how to get things done. They knew how to work together. And and I kind of said, well, here are the lessons that you can learn from them mm-hmm. uh, about how to make policy work and, and to kind of move us to where we can, you know, get a deal done and, and stop what I think is affecting society all the way across the board, this ugliness that, that – that we're dealing with yeah and and it, it is pervasive it when compromise becomes a bad word you're in trouble i mean i i think that my experience in politics so far has been when you're in it when you're when you're sitting in a, your council meeting or when i'm sitting in my in, in in the state house maybe not on the floor or in the council meeting but when you're working behind the scenes on things people are willing to work with each other people talk to each other you make great friends on other sides of the aisle and i don't care who you are i know a lot of politicians up there the most conservative republican and some of the most liberal democrats are friendly oh, but yeah. when they get on the floor and when they start debating issues and when they start trying to make the people happy back home which is what you're elected to do at the end of the day that's when you start running into the and and i think that's where we've we've kind of fragmented through social media and things like that that we've we have become very antagonistic toward one another and it's tough to get it's tough to uh it's tough to see through that yeah and you know i think sometimes the people back home it trickles down from what like from the example they set in washington because you still i think it's still possible when you're on city council that you're still going to be able to work together or in the legislature here mm-hmm. where you go there and you and you know each other and you're working together mm-hmm. but in dc you know they don't even live there anymore, so they're coming in and, and leaving, and they're setting the example. And somehow, another the general public sometimes I don't think can differentiate between how how that's working and how we work on the local level. So they want you fighting too. I mean, or, or they get very my team and their team, and then they start pushing more of this division um, on the on our levels. Than, I, I think at our more local level, you know, the, the state, county, um, municipal level, you know, we're working. To represent our, our constituents to do the best for our state, our county, our city as we can. When you get to Washington, you're having to make your donors happy because it costs millions to hold that seat. And then you're also trying to make the voters happy. And I don't know which outweighs the other sometimes. It, it's a, it's a, it's a, it is a, a, a strange situation we find ourselves in, I think. But 
tell me tell me your favorite story. What's your favorite story over the years? And I know that's probably like you you've got so many of them. But what <laughs> what what what's something just uh, you 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 find amusing that you that you 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 experienced over your years in politics around here? Oh, around here? Yeah. Oh gosh. Uh, <laughs> there are God many that you could probably sit and tell. Um, God, amusing ones. I don't know. Uh, I know the, the title of my book came from uh, some some advice I got from James Frazier. If you remember James Frazier, he was a mm-hmm. county councilman for I do. thirty God, thirty three years, I guess. And James was a guy passed count- away a few years ago. He did. He passed yeah. away. Um, I'm trying to it's been, I'd say twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen. Yeah, yeah, he had he had served. Uh, he he was president of the county municipal or whatever not municipal league, but the county statewide mm-hmm. league. Um, right before he, so I'm glad he got to do that. Yeah. But he was, uh, he was just a good guy, but he was very, he was a quiet nature guy. So when he would talk, you could hear pen drop in the county hall. But I, uh, had gone over there after I had been in this really contentious race for chairman of the Republican party. I ran for chairman of the Republican party in 2003 and it was, it was brass knuckle. I always tell people, you think division now we had to have police guards in the hall the night that I ran for that. Wow. But I had gone over there and they just opened up the, the county municipal building. And I was, you know, he was touring me around and I was whining, you know, about everything. And he told me, he said, you know, if you want to have a long career in politics, just remember to always vote your conscience. Don't take it personally and don't fight the same old battles over and over again. Great, great advice. That was a great advice. And that's yeah. kind of where the book title came from. And, and I've tried to follow it ever since because I wasn't doing any of the above at the time. I was mad, <laughs> you know, and was fighting the same old stuff over again. But I think that was good advice. I wish more, more political people would follow it, you know. So the city now, you know, we, we went into uh, – we're talking the city of Myrtle Beach, Randall. You served on city council for how long? It was quite Six, a while. Sixteen years. Sixteen years. That's a long time. And you saw the city change a lot in that time. Um, you saw a lot of controversy in that time. <laughs> yeah. uh, read the book probably if you want to go into that or, <laughs> or, uh, or, or talk to somebody who lived here back then because they could fill you in on all, the, all of the controversies. But what, what do you make of it now? What – how – do you think the current council's doing a good job? What is the armchair quarterback you now are? What would you do different? <laughs> well, I've I've tried in my time away from it not to be that old guy meddling in their business. I did write an op-ed a little bit about uh, uh, the crime thing when they had the shootings last year, only because they looked ex- pretty exasperated, like they didn't really. I don't want to say didn't really know what to do, but they didn't. They, you know, they were just like you know, we caught the people within set minutes because of the cameras that we all mm-hmm. had bought. Uh, and, and that's true. I mean, we, our police are crackerjack to get it, the crime solved, and we got the the cameras now all over the city that uh, began when we were there. But um, and so that it makes committing a crime in Myrtle Beach pretty difficult. But uh, preventing it, I know, is is a headache that uh, that is just hard to to deal with. And I, I, I in my advice to them, I had a whole little plan mm-hmm. out. But I think they're they're trying very hard and they're they're working at it. I I, I don't uh, I don't try to undermine decisions. There's a few things I I didn't support when I was on council that they went and did almost as soon as I was gone. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, about downtown, but I do think overall they seem to be trying to make the downtown work. Um, they they changed a little bit of what we we're doing when we bought the buildings. You know, I don't know where the library, for instance, in the uh, children's museum is going to end up. But that the brewery that they put down there, you know, as long as they police that, we, you know, we had some bars down there and we had shut them down. But we had a lot of trouble in, the, in those particular establishments that were there. With you know, but if they police that, and it looks like they're doing that with this, this the tower or the brewery they got going, um, 
you know, that looks like a good thing. I mean, I saw the band out there playing the road by uh, Nance Plaza, and uh, I, I would love to see something that is a draw to that side of the highway because one of the problems that I always said is that people got sight blindness when they get downtown. They want to go to the, the boulevard and the, and the boardwalk and the beach. And, you know, McDonald's failed on Ninth Avenue, uh, was on that corner there because people are, they're going straight down there. Mm-hmm. And anything that's ever worked in the past that was on that, on the west side of 17, you got to go back in time to the pre-mall days, but it was the barbershop that was there for a year and the bakery that was there for year and years and the places that drew local people. And that was kind of our thought with the library idea. And I, but I still like the idea of, they're talking about doing an arts area there mm-hmm. and, um, that may be something that'll draw some people there. And what I, I keep telling them, they're going to need to, they need to work with maybe the transportation folks about, uh, you know, cause you know, it's funny. Young people don't like to drive, which is a mis- major mystery to me, but, uh, it's true. The, the neighborhoods <laughs> around that would be great starter neighborhoods. You, you know, and I hate to gentrification is a word mm-hmm. that scares people, but you know, if you could get some kind of home ownership initiative, that's something I was running on that last time to get younger people interested in buying those older homes that have been there for, years you could see those neighborhoods come up and that's something that was missing from our downtown were owners homeowners that lived in the you know there's a neighborhood with a swash right there and there's alder street and all that and you got up to this point you didn't have the homeowners there you had a lot of renters and mm-hmm. nothing against them but stuff that you didn't have that anchor to build your downtown on that would would cause it to to grow in a well, I, I think we could we could probably agree that there are a lot of different ideas on how to make Myrtle Beach safer, how to make it a more family-friendly destination, and I think both sides want the same thing. It's just how to achieve it, and that's what we have politics for. So it'll be interesting to watch the races as they come up. And I want to tell you one more time, the book is called Always Vote Your Conscience. Randall, you have a website or anything? Where can people get it? Uh, they can, uh, Amazon.com, and now I do have RandallWallace.com, a, a, a website, and then, of course, the podcast that we've been doing That's right. is called uh, Bridging the Political Gap, and it's uh, I've been using a lot of historical examples. Uh, and you can find that on a, uh, on YouTube, Google, uh, all the places you find your podcasts. Anywhere you can get podcasts. Buzzsprout is the host that I've got okay. it on, but, you know, iHeartRadio, and I'm not sure if that's this all radio, right. and but... Uh, all right. Um, all those different places. There you Stitcher, go. Stitcher. You know, all right. Apple. <laughs> and he got an actor who's much younger than him to to be the, the subject for the cover of the book. I, I'm just playing I, with I, your I handle. picked a picture from <laughs> a while back. <laughs> no, no you're, you're distinguished now. You're, you look a little green there. But, no, it's a great book. Always vote your conscience. Former Myrtle Beach City Councilman. Maybe future. Who knows? It, life's, life's short. You're, you and I are the same age. you got time. Yeah. If the opportunity comes, you never know. All right. And I never say never. All right. Thanks a lot, Randall. That's going to do it for this week with Tim McGinnis. We'll see you back here next Saturday morning, 10 a.m. Have a great week. New conservative alternative. This is 94.5 WTKN. Merle's Inlet, Myrtle Beach. The right choice for conservative insight.